Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. In today's episode, we have a fascinating topic to discuss, differentially private heavy hitter detection using federated analytics. Now, I know that may sound like a mouthful, but stick with us. Absolutely. Jen, this topic is all about how we can detect popular data points generated by users while ensuring their privacy. Think about it. When you type on your keyboard and the device suggests the next word for you, it's based on learning those popular out-of-vocabulary words. But how do we do it without compromising user privacy? That's where differentially private heavy hitter detection comes into play. The goal is to learn as many of the most frequent data points as possible across all users' data, while maintaining differential privacy. And in our case, We'll be exploring how federated analytics can help achieve this. Federated analytics allows us to analyze data from multiple devices without the need to centralize it all in one place. It's like bringing the analysis to the data rather than bringing the data to the analysis. This approach not only ensures privacy but also reduces communication and computation costs. Absolutely. Tom. And in this paper titled Differentially Private Heavy Hitter Detection Using Federated Analytics, authors Karen Chada and his colleagues propose an adaptive hyperparameter tuning algorithm that improves the performance of prefix tree-based algorithms while satisfying computational, communication, and privacy constraints. They also explore different data selection schemes and analyze the impact of including denialists. During multiple runs of the algorithm, it sounds like they've done some extensive experimentation on the Reddit dataset to test these improvements specifically for learning the most frequent words. This work is crucial because gaining insight into population trends allows data analysts to make data-driven decisions to improve user experience. Heavy hitter detection plays a significant role in learning about user behavior. But the privacy of users' data is paramount. So finding efficient and privacy-preserving ways to detect heavy hitters is crucial. Absolutely. Jen. And in this podcast episode, we'll break down the paper's abstract and explain these complex topics in an intuitive way. We'll explore the algorithms, the models of differential privacy they use, and how federated analytics fits into the picture. And as always, we'll share some real-world examples and use cases to help illustrate these concepts better. We believe that by the end of this episode, you'll have a solid understanding of differentially private heavy hitter detection using federated analytics. So get ready for an enlightening conversation about privacy-preserving algorithms and the exciting world of federated analytics podcast transition music. All right. Now that we've set the stage for today's episode, let's dive into the details of this fascinating paper. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. Stay tuned for more after this short message. Podcast break. Welcome back. In today's episode, 
We're discussing differentially private heavy hitter detection using federated analytics. Now let's start by understanding what heavy hitter detection is all about. Heavy hitter detection involves identifying frequent or popular elements in a data set. For example, if you were analyzing internet traffic data, identifying heavy hitters would mean determining which websites or URLs are most frequently visited. Right. And when it comes to protecting privacy while performing heavy hitter detection, differential privacy plays a crucial role. It ensures that individual contributions to aggregate data cannot be confidently determined based on the final output of an algorithm or analysis. Absolutely. Now let's talk about how federated analytics fits into all of this. Federated analytics allows us to analyze data from multiple devices or servers without requiring data to be centralized or shared. It's like bringing the analysis to the distributed data rather than bringing the data to a central location. That's right. Jen, this approach not only ensures privacy but also reduces communication and computation costs. It's especially relevant in scenarios where sensitive or personal data needs to be analyzed, such as healthcare or financial datasets. Exactly. And in this research paper, the authors propose an algorithm called Opt Prefix Tree for differentially private heavy hitter detection using federated analytics. The algorithm is designed to learn as many of the most frequent items as possible while ensuring differential privacy. The authors also explore different strategies for selecting devices and data subsets for analysis, taking into account computational and communication constraints. They conduct experiments on real-world datasets such as Reddit comments and analyze the performance of their algorithm compared to other methods. Absolutely fascinating. This work provides valuable insights into balancing utility and privacy when performing heavy hitter detection on sensitive data. It opens up possibilities for analyzing large-scale datasets while still maintaining individual privacy. That's a great summary, Jen. By incorporating differentially private algorithms in a federated analytics framework, We can unlock new opportunities for analysis while protecting user privacy. Absolutely. Tom. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on differentially private heavy hitter detection. Using federated analytics. We hope you found it informative and learned something new about this exciting field. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back soon with another fascinating topic on our award-winning podcast until then. Stay curious. Podcast outro music. Upbeat music playing. Hey there, podcast fans. We have a very special sponsor today. Get ready for the extraordinary Galacon Giraffe Adventures. That's right, Tom. Do you ever dream about riding unicorns through space and time? All the time, Jen. But guess what? Galacon Giraffe Adventures is taking it to another level. Introducing the one and only Galacorn Giraffe, half giraffe, half unicorn, all outer space awesomeness. Picture this, 
floating through nebulas on a majestic creature with a horse-like body and an elegant long neck that somehow defies gravity. I mean. And let's not forget their rainbow laser beams shooting out of their horns because regular unicorns are just so yesterday. Absolutely. Now you can explore galaxies while looking absolutely ridiculous in our matching onesie spacesuits. Plus, every adventure comes with your very own pocket-sized black hole to annoy your friends or make them disappear if they start hogging too much popcorn. But wait, there's more. If you book now using our podcast code Giraffic Podcast, you'll also get a free alien face hugger souvenir. Who doesn't need an extra limb-hugging parasite to spice up their home decor? Tom. Whispering. Pissed. Jen. Should we tell them about the disclaimer? Jen. Whispering. Nah. Let them find out themselves. It'll be funnier that way. Both laugh. Narrator. Speaking rapidly. Warning. Riding Galicorn giraffes may cause spontaneous fits of laughter and uncontrollable. Snorting. Side effects include increased affinity for glittered spacesuits and extreme attachment to your own black hole despite its inconvenient gravitational nuances. Use at your own risk. So, folks, grab your spacesuit and prepare for the adventure of a lifetime with Galacon Giraffe Adventures. You won't believe your eyes or your ears. Keep listening to our podcast for more weirdness and hilarity. Music fades out. Coming up next on our show, exploring the mysteries of interdimensional snack cabinets. Trust us, it's gonna be mind-blowing. Mind, blown like a confetti-filled supernova. Let's dive in. Podcast jingle plays. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. Today. We have a really interesting topic to dive into. We'll be discussing a recent paper titled Tight Bounds for Gamma Regret via the Decision Estimation Coefficient. That's right, Tom. This paper tackles the concept of regret in structured bandit problems and introduces a statistical measure called the Gamma Deck, which helps quantify regret in these scenarios. That's fascinating. But before we get into the details, let's explain what regret means in this context. In structured bandit problems, an algorithm chooses actions at each round based on some models or probabilities. The goal is to minimize regret, which measures the difference between the algorithm's performance and the best possible action for each round. Exactly. Now. What makes this paper interesting is that it focuses on gamma regret, where maximizing the best possible action by a certain ratio gamma is intractable. This is especially relevant in situations where finding exact optimal solutions is computationally or statistically impossible. Absolutely. The authors show that the gamma deck serves as a fundamental limit for any model class F. They provide both lower and upper bounds, demonstrating that there exists an algorithm with nearly matching gamma regret. That's impressive. And it's worth noting that obtaining tight bounds for gamma regret has been challenging because 
Traditional approaches used for regular regret don't apply directly to this scenario. Right. The existing results fall short of characterizing gamma regret effectively. However, this paper introduces a variant of DEC called the gamma DEC and shows how it accurately represents gamma regret by providing nearly matching upper and lower bounds. Exactly. By doing so, they establish a complete solution to determining the minimax sample complexity for function classes F, at least from a statistical perspective. And that's just scratching the surface of what this paper explores. It goes into depth about the gamma DEC, its properties, and the implications it has for understanding gamma regret in various scenarios. Absolutely. It's a challenging topic. But the authors do an excellent job of presenting their findings in an accessible way. Making complex concepts intuitive for readers. That's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this paper on our podcast. Our goal is always to teach complex topics in an engaging and understandable way. And this paper definitely does that. Definitely. So, listeners. Get ready for a deep dive into structured bandit problems and how the decision estimation coefficient helps us understand regret in these scenarios. We hope you find this episode informative and enjoyable. Let's get started. Transition music. Today we have a really interesting topic to discuss on our podcast, Tight Bounds for Gamma Regret Wire. The Decision Estimation Coefficient. Now. I know that might sound like gibberish to some of you. But bear with us because we're going to break it down and explain it in a way that everyone can understand. Absolutely. So let's start by explaining what regret means in this context. In decision-making problems, regret measures how much worse off we are compared to the best possible action we could have taken at each step. That's right. And gamma regret refers specifically to situations where finding an exact optimal solution is difficult or impossible due to computational or statistical limitations. Exactly. In these cases, instead of minimizing overall regret, we focus on controlling regret levels based on a certain ratio gamma. This allows us to approximate optimal solutions even when finding exact ones is not feasible. And that's where the decision estimation coefficient, DEC, comes into play. The DEC is a statistical measure that helps us understand regret and how well algorithms perform in decision-making scenarios. Right. Tom, the authors of this paper introduced the Gamma DEC, which is a variant of the DEC specifically designed for Gamma regret. They show that the gamma deck accurately represents regret levels and provides tight bounds for these scenarios. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is that the authors prove lower and upper bounds for gamma regret based on the gamma DEC. These bounds demonstrate that there exists an algorithm with nearly matching gamma regret, bringing us closer to optimal solutions even in challenging situations. That's incredible, Tom. And it's worth noting that obtaining tight bounds for gamma regret has been a difficult problem. Traditional approaches used for regular regret don't directly apply to this scenario. 
But this paper introduces a novel approach using the DEC and Gamma DEC to provide meaningful results. Definitely. Jen. This research has significant implications in various domains where decision-making under uncertainty is crucial, such as finance, healthcare, and robotics. By understanding and controlling regret levels, we can make better decisions even when finding exact optimal solutions is not possible. Absolutely. Tom. And that wraps up our discussion on tight bounds for gamma regret via the decision estimation coefficient. We hope you found it informative and understandable. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. Stay curious and keep learning. Until next time. Outro music. Upbeat music playing. Welcome back, everyone. Before we jump into our next topic, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Galactahorn Airlines. That's right, Tom. Galactahorn Airlines will take your intergalactic journey to a whole new level with a touch of whimsy. Need to travel across the Milky Way in style? Look no further. Galactahorn Airlines offers state-of-the-art spaceships equipped with holographic entertainment systems and zero gravity dance floors plus their flight attendants are exclusively trained in alien languages and aren't afraid to show off their funky extraterrestrial dance moves and let's not forget about the food imagine sinking your teeth into asteroid shaped burgers or enjoying a refreshing glass of meteorite lemonade while cruising through the cosmos oh But they don't stop at just typical in-flight entertainment and meals. On Galactahorn Airlines, every passenger gets their own personal unicorn. Yes, you heard that right. Unicorns as flight companions. And these unicorns are not your ordinary ones. They have mini jetpacks on their hooves that let them fly alongside your spaceship during the entire journey. Jen looks at Tom with disbelief. Wait. Are you telling me that this airline has actual flying unicorns? Tom. With excitement. Absolutely. It's like having your very own Pegasus-powered first-class experience without breaking the bank. Jen. Laughing. Well folks. If you've always dreamed of soaring among stars on top of a beautiful unicorn while snacking on galaxy-themed treats. Tom. Interrupting. Dot and listening to our award-winning podcast along the way, both in unison. Then book yourself an otherworldly adventure with Galaxy Thorn Airlines today. Upbeat music fades out. That was some serious interstellar magic, Jen. You betcha. Tom, now let's get back to the show and continue on with our epic journey of laughter and enlightenment. Podcast theme music fades in. Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Innovators, the award-winning podcast where we explore groundbreaking research and its real-world implications. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, your co-host today. We have a fascinating paper to discuss titled Advancing Ad Auction Realism, Practical Insights and Modeling Implications. 
This research delves into the complex world of online ad auctions and offers practical insights for advertisers and auction designers. Absolutely. Jen. Online ad auctions have become an integral part of e-commerce. With advertisers fiercely competing to secure ad slots that will engage potential customers. But these auctions are far from simple. And traditional auction models often fall short in capturing the complexity of real-world scenarios. That's right, Tom. The authors of this paper propose a learning model that incorporates realistic characteristics of contemporary online ad auctions. They consider factors like different values and click-through rates for ad slots based on users. Search queries. The ever-changing number and identity of competing advertisers in each auction. Limited feedback for advertisers. And partially specified payment rules. It's an incredibly comprehensive approach that aims to simulate the behavior of advertisers in order to gain insights for counterfactual analysis, prediction, and inference purposes. The author's model advertisers as agents governed by an adversarial bandit algorithm, allowing for a more accurate representation of real-world dynamics. And what's really fascinating is that their findings reveal that even in such complex environments, soft floors can enhance key performance metrics for advertisers. This means that implementing minimum bid thresholds can improve outcomes even when all bidders are drawn from the same population. That's a game changer, Jen. It goes to show how important it is to consider these realistic factors when designing auction mechanisms but it doesn't stop there. The paper also demonstrates how advertiser value distributions can be inferred from observed bids further enhancing the practical applicability of their approach. Absolutely. Tom, by combining simulation experiments and real-world bid data, the authors provide a comprehensive analysis of auction formats, targeting clauses, and pricing mechanisms. Their work provides businesses selling online ad space with principle guidance on which auction format to adopt in order to maximize revenues. This paper truly pushes the boundaries of our understanding of ad auctions and offers practical insights that can revolutionize the way advertisers participate in these auctions. So if you're involved in e-commerce or advertising, you definitely don't want to miss this episode. That's right, Tom. Stay tuned as we dive deeper into this research and unpack the key findings and implications. We'll also discuss how these insights can be applied in the real world to drive better outcomes for advertisers and improve the online advertising landscape as a whole. So grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and get ready to explore the fascinating world of ad auction realism with us. Let's get started. Outro music. Thanks for joining us on The Innovators. If you enjoyed this episode, Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. And remember, innovation starts with you. Until next time, keep pushing boundaries and embracing new possibilities. Stay innovative. Upbeat jazzy music playing. Welcome back to our podcast. 
folks we have a very special sponsor today presenting silver moon teapot the lunar brew masters that's right tom are you tired of drinking regular tea like a common earthling well fret no more because silver moon teapot has got you covered introducing their out of this world creation the lunar brew masters teapot picture this you're in your backyard at night gazing up at the moon with wonder suddenly a tiny spaceship zooms by and lands right next to you out steps an adorable crew of intergalactic bunnies wearing teacup hats they greet you with charming british accents and say bunny one in cute accent greetings we are the lunar brewmasters jen excitedly these furry little space brewers offer teas that are infused using actual moonbeams tom in awe but how do they do it bunny too with confidence our trusty spacecraft collects moonbeams for us during full moons we harness their celestial power using advanced brewing techniques and blend them into exquisite flavors jen laughs and let me tell ya tom these flavors they're truly out of this world absolutely they've got moonlit mint melody that'll tingle your taste buds like stardust on your tongue jen amused or what about stellar strawberry symphony it's so good it just might launch your taste buds into orbit bunny 3 hops forward and adds with enthusiasm bunny 3 and don't forget cosmic chamomile crafted to soothe even the most stressed out earthlings after traversing space time traffic jams tom chuckles it's like a spa day in a cup so folks if you want to experience the magic of moonbeams swirling in your teacup head on over to silver-moon-teapot.com and grab your own lunar brewmasters teapot today trust us You won't find tea this celestial anywhere else. And as a special offer for our listeners. Yes. Tom, use promo code BUNNYSPACE at checkout for a complimentary constellation themed tea infuser with every purchase of the Lunar Brewmasters teapot. That's amazing. I can't wait to seep on some interstellar goodness. Thanks again to Silver Moon Teapot. The Lunar Brewmasters for sponsoring today's episode. Upbeat jazzy music fades out. Both. Cheers. And keep reaching for the stars, one delicious cup of celestial tea at a time. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Jen and I'm Tom. Today We have a fascinating topic to explore: mitigating communications threats in decentralized, federated learning through moving target defense. Now, that might sound complex, but don't worry. We'll break it down and make it easy to understand. Absolutely, Tom. Let's start by explaining what decentralized federated learning is. In traditional federated learning. A central server collects data from multiple devices for training machine learning models. But in decentralized federated learning, the data stays on the devices themselves. That's right. Jen, 
The devices collaborate and train the models locally without sharing their data with a central server. This approach preserves privacy while still allowing for machine learning advancements. However, with this decentralized approach comes new security challenges related to communications between the devices. These threats could compromise the confidentiality and integrity of the data being transmitted. To address these threats, researchers have proposed a concept called Moving Target Defense, MTD. MTD involves continuously changing communication routes and applying encryption techniques to confuse attackers and protect sensitive information. Exactly. And in this paper titled Mitigating Communications Threats in Decentralized Federated Learning Through Moving Target Defense, the authors outline how they applied MTD techniques to a platform called FedSteller. FedSteller is designed specifically for decentralized federated learning and includes a security module that integrates encryption methods with moving target defense strategies. This module ensures secure communication between the participating devices. The authors conducted experiments using real-world scenarios involving interconnected physical devices within a private local network. They evaluated different security configurations, one without any security measures, one with encryption alone, and another with both encryption and MTD techniques incorporated. And the results were impressive. The average F1 score of the models trained on the MNIST dataset was 95% under the most secure configuration. This shows that the security measures effectively mitigated risks posed by eavesdropping then. Eclipse attacks. That's right, Tom. The authors also measured performance metrics such as CPU usage, RAM usage, and network traffic. While there were slight increases in resource usage with the most secure configuration, it was necessary to ensure data protection. This research highlights how moving target defense techniques can enhance communication security in decentralized federated learning environments. By constantly altering communication routes and incorporating encryption methods, potential attackers are faced with significant challenges. Absolutely. These findings contribute to advancing privacy-preserving machine learning techniques and provide valuable insights for developing even stronger security measures in the future. And that wraps up today's episode on mitigating communications threats in decentralized federated learning through moving target defense. We hope we made a complex topic easier to understand for our listeners. As always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. We'll be back soon with more informative and entertaining episodes. Until next time, stay curious and keep learning. Upbeat music playing. Welcome back to another episode of Laugh Out Loud with Tom and Jen. And guess what, folks? We have an amazing sponsor for today's show. That's right, Tom. Our special thanks go out to Starstruck Railways, the rail company that takes you on a journey beyond this world. 
Imagine riding trains that defy gravity. Traveling at the speed of light. It's like teleporting while seated comfortably with complimentary space coffee. You'll marvel at their advanced technology. Instead of conductors, they have actual astronauts guiding your train. Astronauts? I bet they serve moon cheese and Martian fries on board. But wait, there's more. Starstruck Railways offers interstellar destinations. Yes, you heard it right. You can choose from Venus's cloud resort or Saturn's ringed paradise. Talk about getting starstruck by our own Milky Way galaxy. Just imagine exploring different planets during your daily commutes. Jen. With excitement. And don't be surprised if you encounter friendly extraterrestrial life during your travels. Maybe even catch a ride on an alien pet unicorn. Tom. In awe. Wow. Just wow. Jingle singer. Singing. Starstruck railways. Where dreams meet stardust. Voiceover. Fast speaking disclaimer voice. Please note that due to cosmic disturbances or alien abductions causing delays in service may occur. Use coupon code LAUGHOUTLOUD for a one-way ticket to astronomical laughter, now claiming no liability against any wormhole misadventures or munchkin-sized Martians hijacking your coffee. Supply on board. Asterisk asterisk offer subject to change based on unpredictable astrophysical phenomena or spontaneous planetary alignments. Laughter in the background. Tom. Amused. Well folks. We can guarantee you'll never have an ordinary train ride with starstruck railways. So, hop on board and let your imagination rocket into the stars. That's right. Jen. Just don't forget to bring your spacesuit and a sense of humor. We wouldn't want you blending in with the aliens without one. Jen. Laughing. Absolutely. On that note, we'll be back after this cosmic break. Podcast theme music playing. Disclaimer. This commercial is purely fictional and not endorsed by any real-life rail companies promoting interstellar travel. Don't start searching for tickets just yet. Space travel is still an aspiration for human ingenuity. Welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk with Tom and Jen. The podcast where we break down complex topics in technology and make them accessible to everyone. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen your friendly co-host today. We have a fascinating topic for you all, copyright protection for generative models. Now, this might sound like a mouthful, but stick with us because it's really interesting. That's right. Gen. Generative models are machine learning algorithms that can generate new content such as images, text, or even code. They are trained on vast amounts of data and can be incredibly creative. But there's a concern that these models could potentially output copyrighted material without permission. Absolutely. Imagine if a generative model trained on copyrighted images starts generating new pictures that are indistinguishable from the original copyrighted works. That would be a major copyright infringement. Exactly. 
And that's why today we're discussing a paper titled On Provable Copyright Protection for Generative Models by Nick Hilvias, Sham Kakade, and Boaz Barak. They address this very concern and propose a formal definition for near-access freeness. Naf. In Generative Models. The authors introduce the concept of near-access freeness as a way to measure how much a generative model is influenced by copyrighted data during training. They provide bounds on the probability of generating content similar to copyrighted material, even if that material was present in the training set. Right. So if a generative model is KNAF, it means that its generated outputs will be significantly different from any copyrighted data it had access to during training. This separation of access and similarity is crucial in determining copyright infringement. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is that the authors also propose learning algorithms that modify existing generative model training algorithms. Maintaining high-quality output while ensuring strong protections against sampling protected content. That's a game-changer. Gen. It means that we can have generative models that are both creative and respectful of copyright laws. And the best part is, they tested their approach on language and image generative models, showing minimal degradation in output quality. It's incredible to see how technology is evolving to address these critical legal and ethical concerns. Tom, what's your take on this paper? Well, Jen, it's fascinating to see how the authors combine information theory and copyright law to develop a formal framework for copyright protection in generative models. It's an important step in ensuring that AI technology respects intellectual property rights. Absolutely. This research not only provides valuable guidelines for model creators and users but also offers a quantitative approach for courts and lawyers to determine if copyright infringement has occurred. Agreed. Intellectual property rights are essential in fostering innovation and creativity especially in the era of AI. Understanding how we can protect copyrighted content while still harnessing the power of generative models is a crucial challenge. And challenges like these require collaboration between experts in technology, law, and ethics. By bringing together diverse perspectives, we can find innovative solutions that benefit everyone involved. Well said, Jen. And with that, I think it's time to wrap up this episode of Tech Talk with Tom and Jen. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of copyright protection for generative models. As always, if you want more information about this topic or access to the paper we discussed today, check out our podcast website at techtalkpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Upbeat music plays. Welcome back to Tom and Jen's Wild Ride. We have a very special sponsor for this episode. Folks, say hello to our friends at Unicorn Hoof Shoe Company. That's right. Tom, are you tired of boring old shoes? Well, Unicorn Hoof has got you covered. They're putting the weird back in footwear. Absolutely. Jen. 
Picture this. You're walking down the street in regular shoes like a total chump when suddenly poof your feet. Transform into majestic unicorn hooves. Who needs normal when you can have magical? With unicorn hoof shoes, you'll feel like a mystical creature on an epic adventure every step of the way. And let me tell ya, these hooves ain't just for show. They come with built-in rainbow glitter dispensers. So wherever you go, it's pure fabulousness. Plus, for those emergency situations where it starts raining cupcakes or molten lava falls from the sky, you know how it goes. Unicorn hoof shoes are fully equipped with mini umbrellas and fire-resistant technology. Safety first while looking absolutely absurdly amazing. But wait, there's more. If wild-hoofed wonders weren't enough already. A dramatic drumroll. Both together. Introducing. Dot the exclusive feature only for podcast listeners. Whispering asterisk unicorn boost mode. Electricity crackles. Tom. Whispering. Activate your inner unicorn power by pressing both heels together simultaneously. Jen. Whispering. Boom. Instant acceleration to outrun even the most stubborn rain clouds or Monday mornings. A sound effect mimicking whooshing speed. Both together. So head over to www.unicornshoeswildride.com and use the promo code MAGICFET for an extra sprinkle of pixie dust at checkout. That's www.unicornshoeswildride.com. Promo code M-E-G-I-C-F-E-E-T. Get your hooves on them today and start walking like you've never walked before. And remember, folks, stay magical out there. This has been Tom and Jen's Wild Ride. Brought to you by Unicorn Hoof Shoe Co. Because regular shoes are just too mainstream. Theme music fades out. (laughs) 